Hello, gorgeous optimism explorers. Before I kick off, I must apologise. I'm freezing cold and bundled up in one of my brother-in-law's old fleeces and shivering a bit because I only turn on the heating when my boys are home. And even then, only if absolutely necessary, they have plenty of jumpers. Um, also, I think I'm allergic to the camera. Every time I get in front of it, it's like my hay fever goes crazy. I get all puffy and sound like I've got a cold, but it's just because I pressed record. It's ridiculous. Um, added to that, I was just watching a really sad story on the Megan Kelly show about some children who died after getting the COVID vaccine, and that's made me a bit puffy too. So thanks for that, beautiful Megan. Uh, but anyway, I'm here to talk about In Pursuit of Optimism because I'm on a mission. My aim is to rekindle my own optimism in a world that feels every day like it's slowly becoming ever more unhinged. So here I'm going to unveil the master plan that will likely not make any waves in the world at all. So wonderful listeners that I don't yet really have. Sit back, relax, and let me tell you all about my exciting new quest for optimism on this beautiful planet where people are so critical of each other, they're more likely to comment on failure to implement a perfect rocket launch than they are to celebrate a successful moon landing. It's time to lift off and let the rather gentle adventure begin. So, why are we here? Not in existence. I'm not diving straight into meaning of life stuff today. Just here on this podcast, why in pursuit of optimism? I have been the eternal optimist my whole life, believing that everything will come good if I work hard enough, am positive, kind enough, a good mom, a good friend, etc., etc. Now, that's not to say that I've been even close to angelic. I've made horrible decisions. I've been in every type of relationship, good, bad and wholly, thoroughly unwise, which is one of the many reasons I could never go into politics. But I have worked my socks off to keep a roof over my kids' head and food on their table, just about keeping our head above water through sheer nerves sometimes, resilience and that eternal optimism of mine, driving the belief that it will all come good eventually. However, in recent years, my optimism has taken quite a few lightning strikes. In fact, I feel like I've been in a five year long storm. I think many of us do. I've been battling with whether or not to waste your time telling you about who I am, my personal situation. But I suppose because I'm not a name, it's relevant. So you know where I'm coming from. I'm a single mum of two and a half beautiful boys. I know that sounds a bit weird. Let me explain. My older son, Cosmo, is 24 got a first at university, which I tell everyone about because I'm so proud of him. Lives in London and is an amazingly talented photographer and director, anything creative really, working his socks off to catch a break. Cosmo's father and I weren't together more than a couple of months. Honestly, we were 
wholly unsuited. I found out I was pregnant after we split. I fell in love with that baby the day I found out I was pregnant. There was never any question for me of whether I'd have him. His dad had lots of issues and wasn't really much involved. He sadly took his own life when Cosmo was five, which has impacted my boy throughout his life. But his resilience, determination and incredible work ethic are mind-blowing and I'm so immensely proud of the truly good man he's grown into. My younger son Rex is a teenager, autistic and utterly brilliant. His father and I are divorced and I will refrain from discussing him very much as we work very hard to maintain a positive relationship for Rex. Rex is going to be very tall. He has seemingly endless arms and legs. It's like living with a daddy long legs crossed with a giant Labrador. He's kind and funny and very bright. He learns differently, views the world through a totally different prism, but he'll get where he needs to with the right support. The half is Rex's younger brother who isn't mine. You see, I have what I think you'd call a modern family. My ex-husband's other ex, the younger woman he dated after me, Emma, had a son with him, my darling Henry. She's become one of my best friends and many often think we're sisters. So I'm guessing he had a type or more amusingly, a couple, but with the boys calling us both mum and one or other of us shouting, you know, look after your brother. I suppose it's a natural assumption to make in this day and age, really. I've always referred to H as half mine. M lives only half an, about half an hour away. So as two single mums, we work together to support each other. Apart from the boys, I always say she's the best thing my ex ever did for me. <laughs> I've spent the last three years building and trying to get support for a charity I started to assist families with additional needs like mine. It's called Send Unlocked and I'll tell you all about that another time. Today, I'm going to focus on this podcast. You see, right now, our world seems like a never ending hurricane of crises. It's like we're on a roller coaster that forgot to include any ups and only has the sickening loops and crazy drops that turn your stomach inside out. It's enough to make anyone miserable grumpy <laughs> or just plain angry a lot of the time. We're so polarised on almost every topic, stuck in this endless loop of us and them. But none of the groups seem to align with what the normal, very moderate majority believe. If you're in the centre and slightly left or right leaning, there is nothing out there for you because everything is at the extreme end. When I was growing up, I remember someone, either my mum or my stepfather probably, warning never to discuss politics or religion socially because they're subjects it's too easy to fall out over. And if you want to have friends, you have to put that stuff to one side. Now that's all people ever talk about. And if you don't agree 100%, watch out. I am fed up. I am so unbelievably fed up. I can barely contain event. So I'm just not going to. First, I'm fed up with politicians. And though I may comment on current affairs occasionally, I'm not being dragged into either side of the political spectrum because it will be against the rules, which I'll tell you in a moment. 
But my position is that they're all wrong, whichever side of the aisle you're on. They say what they think voters will want to hear in the hope that you'll go out and vote, whilst overwhelming us with constant negative campaigning in the hopes, I assume, that they'll work their own voters up into an emotional frenzy whilst turning the other side off going out to vote for their own poorer or more corrupt representatives. But the catch is that they're all the same. We've all for years now only had the choice to vote against what we want least. Truly tell me the last time you heard a politician say something you wanted to hear that you believed they actually meant or even cared about. It's all about the vote and the power. And then there's the activists on just about every issue imaginable. Activism is no longer just speaking truth to power. It's a new approach. It's called coercive control, not just on those in power, but on every member of the public who disagrees with them and every other activist who doesn't agree with them 100%, shouting down any dissenting voices and hurling the aggressive bullying accusations of ists and isms and icks. I myself have been accused of being a right-wing bigot and a swear word lefty. <laughs> And I've had enough of the lot of them. Honestly, I often just want to shout at them to put down their placards and go back to school, learn the realities of history, or take up engineering and create the next form of clean energy, or join law enforcement and take on modern slavery, add value to society today, and stop screeching at people who are just trying to get through what is right now particularly a really difficult financial environment. It's like a load of toddlers in a massive tantrum who haven't let yet learned any effective communication skills or empathy for others, and the politicians are too scared of them to put them on the naughty chair. It's an interesting question, where do you come down on the political spectrum? And I can actually unequivocally say now, because I did this test online, because honestly, I was getting a bit fed up of being placed in camps where I personally didn't feel I fit. There's this quite cool tool. It's called the political compass. You go on and free, you can just answer a load of questions. It only takes a few minutes and it'll tell you where you sit. I came out exactly where I expected, very moderate, very in the centre, mildly left-leaning. That's my soft mum gene wanting to take care of everyone. I'll put it up on the screen here. But you should try it and find out if you're a bit of an extremist because extremism doesn't work and it may be good to know if you need to lighten up a bit. And finally, I'm fed up to the eyeballs of the mainstream media who don't report the news. Instead, they very generously stream the bad news to us 24-7 with the strong bias of narrative their, char their channel want to push. Excuse me, falling over my words. <laughs> Keeping us lost in the sea of endless, miserable crises. Have you noticed that, how everything is a crisis? Nothing is just a problem that needs to be solved anymore. There's never a report of the multiple specific solutions and how they're choosing which will be the best option to address any of these crises. Just 
more useless statements from ministers, departments and even business leaders as they endlessly roll on, while simultaneously, systematically and very quietly limiting more and more our freedoms to say what we think or even in some cases to think or believe as we wish. And I've had enough. It's no wonder everyone's talking mental health. This lot would depress a solid lump of concrete given 10 minutes alone with it. Okay, I do feel a bit better having got that off my chest, but once it's off your chest, it's a good idea to keep one of my favourite Buddhist quotes in mind. Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's time to put down the boxing gloves, at least for an occasional half hour or so. Instead of hurling insults and clashing over differences, let's let go of all of that anger and embrace the beauty of humanity. Maybe find a little common ground, no matter our politics. You see, though I'm not a religious person, I do have faith that the majority of people are basically good. They're just trying to get through their day. And let's face it, life is much more fun when we play together join forces, share ideas and celebrate what makes us interesting. Because in the midst of all this crazy negativity and chaos, there are incredible people doing extraordinary things. So here, in pursuit of optimism, I'm going to dive into subjects like the fascinating jobs people do and the impact they have on our lives from scientists making groundbreaking discoveries to artists who are moving away from the formulaic rubbish of TikTok to take real risks and allow their creativity free reign, from exceptional teachers opening the minds of the future with critical thinking, to entrepreneurs revolutionising industries, from farmers keeping us fed, to nurses helping us when we need it most, to comedians giving us all the relief of laughter we so desperately need more than ever. There's a wealth of knowledge and interesting people out there. I once spent a four-hour train journey seated next to a professor. I think he was from Cambridge. Alongside teaching, he worked in the world of sustainability, not energy production or recycling, but in something I'd never considered before, in light bulbs research. We spent nearly the whole journey talking about light bulbs, and though it sounds a bit yawn, I promise it was fascinating, a conversation that travelled across much of the world because there's research going on in so many countries. Then, of course, there's the awesome innovations that take our breath away from space exploration to AI advancements and robotics, from sustainable energy solutions, yes? including light bulbs, to medical breakthroughs, greater understanding of ourselves, our physical and mental well-being. There's a whirlwind of excitement happening all around us. This, this world, world of innovation, it's a giant playground just ripe for exploration, like a kid in a candy store. We don't even call it candy in England. Then there's the other types of good stuff, like charitable programs or just people doing amazing things to support their local communities. They're like the superheroes of the modern world, tackling social issues, providing support and spreading positivity in the most extraordinary ways, because the world could always use a bit more of that, whether it's feeding the hungry, 
providing shelter for the homeless, supporting education or employment programs, or providing groundbreaking and fascinating therapies. These, these programs are real life game changers. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of faffing and ineffectiveness in charity, just as there is in any other industry. But if you look, there's a huge amount of good too. And you know what? It's normally in the small organisations, the local community work where people are adding the most value. Normally with the people who have the least too. And I know from personal experience how hard it is to get the message out there about the work you're doing. So I'd like to give them a bit of coverage and mark their incredible accomplishments. And yes, I'd like to speak to controversial people. I love people who think differently, who view the world through a different prism, who are passionate about what they do and what they believe in. But as I said, I don't necessarily want to go into the whys and wherefores of their politics or religion or whatever it is. <clears throat> I want to know about them, their brains, what makes them tick and how they came to be them. In pursuit of optimism, I'd like to celebrate success, explore failure and the breakthroughs it can lead to, chat with mates and interesting strangers and hopefully have a bit of a laugh. It's unlikely this will change the world. Wouldn't that be amazing? Start a little podcast looking to amplify the good and find our similarities because we're all too aware of our differences and actually shift the narrative enough to affect real change. Somehow I doubt it, but we'll hopefully have some fun trying. Onto the rules as promised. I may sometimes have a take on current affairs, but this is not a place for debate on issues, no politics or activism or campaigning of any kind. They get more than enough coverage. I may be interested in individuals from these worlds, but getting dragged into the us and them is to be avoided at all costs. No discussions of the merits of religion. Programmes being delivered by these organisations are absolutely fine. But what you want to believe is totally up to you, not my business, and the merits of it are not subject of discussion here. And no demographics of any kind. I have coined a new phrase to describe my position on this. I've become a demographics refuser. Which boxes I check are no one's business but mine. And what your check boxes are is completely irrelevant here. It's what you do that matters. So join me in my quest to rekindle my rapidly declining optimism. Tell me about the jobs, people, programmes or ideas you want to know about, and I'll see if I can find someone to talk to about it. If you have something you want to share, let me know about it and we'll get together for a chat. Let's find joy in the little things, have a laugh and celebrate the goodness that exists within us and our communities. And you don't have to be here in the UK. Just have Wi-Fi and access to a screen. It's not money that makes the world go round. It's optimism. Think about it. If you wake up with a pessimistic thought of what's the point of even getting out of bed in the morning? It makes no difference. No matter how much money you have, then how can you even get through your day? If, as I always have, you believe that something will work out, something will make that difference, somewhere you'll get that break, then you keep trying. 
it's not just nicer to be optimistic, it's necessary. I get told off quite a lot because I'm not permanently cheery or peppy. Lots of replies on X of, that's not very optimistic. <laughs> to me, optimism is not about eternal, nauseating cheerfulness and blind acceptance. It's about hope, about not giving up or giving in to cynicism. Believing that things will come good, that people will find a way through to come together. Everyone has ups and downs. If you didn't have any downs, would you truly appreciate the ups? I need to stop or I'm going to find myself in one of those brilliant circuitous Doctor Who time space paradox monologues. I'm going to end today with a quote from one of my personal heroes, who is also one of the most incredible innovators of modern times, Elon Musk. And yes, I confess to totally objectify the man for a moment. I also think he's utterly delicious, but shh, that's between us. He said, and it's something that stays with me every day, I'd rather be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening and I'll see you again.